It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Stephen Jodderan. Joining me today is Armand Kafai. On today's episode, we discuss all things Chicago Fire with Mickey Turner of The Athletic. Make sure you follow us on the Twitter machine at UncSamSoccerPod. We always enjoy your feedback and comments, so continue to send them in. And make sure you review, rate, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Now, let's get to today's episode. All right, what it do, Armand? Just you and I. Finally. Yeah, it's back to the good old days, huh? Good old days. Without God. Jake. Without Jake. Those those were the days. Yeah, I mean, when we just started up the pod and, you know, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> those, those, those those were the days, you know? I remember we had those, that, uh, was it last winter? We had those marathon recording sessions. Yep. Uh, like, we recorded for like four hours a day. Yeah. Like, those were the days, man. But no, nah, Jake, Jake. I love Jake, so I, love I can't Jake. say anything bad about it. I can't say anything bad about it. I love him. Listeners, make sure you follow us on the Twitter machine at UncSamSoccerPod, and go back and listen to our interview with assistant coach of Sporting Kansas City, Kerry Savagnin. He's got crazy insight to Sporting KC, and uh, kind of takes some shots at the U.S. Men's National Team. We'll discuss that later this week, but. Armand, you just mentioned about how we had no idea what we were doing in the early days of this podcast. Some MLS clubs feel like they have absolutely no idea what they're doing. In what, the early days of their uh, existence? <laughs> yeah, early days of their existence and in their existence of today. Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams, you know, don't really know what they were doing in the early days. Um Maybe you could say even MLS didn't know what they were doing in their early days as well. Uh, I mean, recently we just heard the news about Chicago Fire, right? Uh, looking to go to Soldier Field after you know a long, uh, I guess, failed experiment at Bridgeview, uh, and that's part of you know MLS's initiative when they said, "Hey, move to the suburbs." I, I guess the game is for family people instead of realizing that hey, downtown was actually a much better option. Um, and I think now we're starting to see the the effects of that hit especially as mls tries to grow into this strong powerful league we'll talk to mickey turner more about the news that broke last week 
But Armand, let me just ask you this. Regarding Chicago Fire, how big or how important of a, a club are they in MLS? We know Chicago is a huge media market. It's a huge city in the United States. A big German influence. So there's a national should be somewhat of a more natural connection with the global game. They have spent money on big names like a Bastian Schweinsteiger. So you would expect them to be up there, but it just seems to be a dumpster fire. Is this where I go down this rabbit hole on my take that, you know, MLS maybe having a down year this year in terms of attendance? Because Chicago, you go and one thing I will give credit to you, Stephen, you, you pointed this out really early. You don't want to watch a game that has no atmosphere. That, 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 really, that really makes it hard for you to watch it on TV. And you know what? You turn on a fire game, there's no one there. There's quite literally no one there. The atmosphere is bland. And overall, it's just, eh. The fire itself, they need to get out of Bridgeview. Um, Mickey Turner, uh, who you said we're going to speak to, really broke the news, of, I think, a year back, how tight the lease was between Bridgeview and the fire. And right now, the fire, man, if they can just figure out, because the product on the field isn't that bad. It's what's going on off the field, their relationship with their supporters groups, um, just what's going on with Bridgeview. You know, I don't think their trading center is that good either. So all these things are adding up, and it's like, how are you going to be a team, you know, in the same level as Atlanta United playing in the Mercedes-Benz, the brand-new stadium, or LAFC, brand-new stadium, brand-new training facility, state-of-the-art, and then you have this. Like, these things can't be happening in modern-day MLS. So there's a, quite a climb, you know, for these teams to make up in quality of their team and their off-the-field as well. And I think the fire are towards the bottom of that. So maybe right. no pun intended, so I guess they are a little bit of a dumpster fire of sorts. Let me let me ask you this before we we get to Mickey. If the Chicago Fire were to do it correctly, do you think they would be up there as far as atmospheres, as far as club recognition, like say Seattle, the Los Angeles clubs, Atlanta, be you know, New York, Toronto? I, I I am curious to know because we talk about the Revs in in the sense senses. If they were to get a stadium downtown, if they did this, if the crafts were to do that. And Chicago could go through a ton of ifs too, but I don't know. Do we think Chicago could be somewhat of a top 10 club in MLS regarding all the off-the-field antics? Steven, so you, you might call me a little bit crazy with this take, um, but when Commissioner Garber says any team in MLS or any city in MLS can support a team, I honestly do agree with that because you look at teams like Cincinnati who they do it right while they have 30,000 at, at games. Um, you know, from USL to MLS. But the question is, do you do it right? Because you can be on the other side of the spectrum, be the Dynamo, have a downtown stadium, but right. not do Great it right example. in terms of other things, and you're still struggling with attendance. You know, you could – there's there's plenty of other instances where, you know, you could do it – you could do it right and you'll be fine. But the whole thing is doing it right. Putting a stadium in downtown isn't going to solve everything. That's not going to be the thing that solves everything. It's got to be the visibility of the team. It's Orlando? Be, exactly. Yeah, the team has to be good, too. It has to play entertaining soccer. So that's not the only thing that that can that can do it. If you get a stadium down 10, okay, cool. Great. You did the first step of it. Now you got to continue. you got to establish that relationship with the community, like LAFC and you know Cincinnati and or like Seattle a Madison forward. and Atlanta. Or like Madison Ford. Ford Madison. Exactly. You gotta establish these kind of relationships. 
Johnson and Statham is the first part of the puzzle, but you got to figure the rest out as well. Right, right. Well, up next, Mickey Turner. Joining us on the line right now is Mickey Turner. Make sure you give him a follow on the Twitter machine at Turner ESQ. Get his work at The Athletic. Mickey, how are we doing this afternoon? Uh, happy Sunday to you guys. Hope you guys had a good uh, weekend watching soccer. Oh, plenty of soccer, right, Armand? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe a little too much for me. I mean, I was I started watching at what, like, almost like 11.30 with the Dirt Classicer, and I like, ended up, like, randomly watching uh, RSL in Seattle plays. So, I mean, <laughs> we were we – were, it was it was it was one of those days it was one of those days but the big news that broke this week was about the Chicago fire in the MLS with news of a potential changing of stadiums and also potential rebranding but before we delve too deep into that Mickey I want to ask you what is your your view of the fire organization as a whole do you think you know everything's I mean obviously everything's not really going smooth sailing for them but like what what do you think of our organization as a whole uh, well, they've been struggling, obviously, since, oh gosh, I want to say probably 2010, 2011. Um, everyone remembers that they came into the league with a bang in 98, uh, won the U.S. Open Cup, won uh, the MLS Cup. And then since then, you know, they've had a couple of good years here and there. Um, and then uh, once they got out of Soldier Field into Bridgeview, they hoped that that would be kind of the, the reset for the franchise. That didn't happen. And they've been pretty much in a malaise. Uh, you know, ever since, like I said, around 2010, um, and then their ownership changed, and they were struggling so much that MLS brought in Nelson Rodriguez, their so-called fixer, to help turn the franchise around. That hasn't worked. Uh, they fought with the, they fought with their supporter section, banning uh, Sector Latino, which is a uh, uh, you know kind of a uh, you know a, a supporters group of of Section Eight. Um, Section 8 isn't a supporters group. They're kind of like the uh, conglomerate, um, for lack of a better word. Um, and then so they fought with uh, Sector Latino. Section 8 boycotted. They just resolved that issue, but it really hasn't helped them, uh, you know, get the supporters back in line, as you can see by the attendance at Bridgeview this season. And it's just been a really, you know, unfortunate series of events, a lot of which has been of the making of the front office. Do you think the Sebastian Schweinsteiger signing was a mistake now? Uh, that's a tough question. I wouldn't call it a, a mistake. He brought in some publicity, but it's just not one of those guys who's really going to, um, you know, move the needle, as it were. Absolutely, Mickey. Now, we just want to dive in a little bit to the, the all the reports that came out this week. Um, you know, the reports came out the fire explore, exploring a bio, their current agreement with Bridgeview to move potentially to Soldier Field. Can you just tell us more about, you know, what what transpired with those negotiations? Yeah, so uh, it hasn't been, been confirmed by anybody as of yet. It's just been reported by, uh, you know, uh, Charlie Baum has done some reporting on this. Paul Tenere has done some reporting on this. But they, this has been... This has been going on for about a year, it sounds like. I've heard some things behind the scenes, but it's not anything, again, that I've been able to put on the record as of yet. But, they, you know, 
I think everyone recognizes that they need to get out of Bridgeview at this point. It's just not a situation that has worked for either side, that being the city or the fire and MLS. Uh, from from the fire's perspective, Bridgeview does not provide them with many of the uh, you know amenities, as it were, as far as you know uh, naming rights, uh, revenue streams. The, the village of Bridgeview basically controls all of that stuff, and uh, the fire basically only control revenue on game days, and that's pretty much it. And then for Bridgeview's part, you know they spend about ninety six million dollars. Uh, which was bonded over, uh, I think, 30 years, which meant that they eventually were going to owe around $130 million. That has ballooned to, it's believed, over $200 million in debt service. And this is not a big city that can absorb those costs. And so you've got, uh, you know, a, a you know, $100,000, 100,000-person, you know, uh, sub- suburb trying to deal with a $200 million debt, and it's just not something they're going to be able to do. And MLS at this point, I don't think is inclined to really put much money into trying to improve the situation there. In Bridgeview, uh, they don't have the money to really do anything about it. And so their tax base is really stressed at this point. So I think it's just one of those things that both sides uh, have decided that uh, it's time for a divorce. So in process of taking this divorce, I know there were the text messages saying that it will be announced. Uh, in a few weeks, and they'd be moving out at the end of the season. But is this a plausible or a possibility, very real possibility, that the Chicago Fire will be playing at Soldier Field next season? Uh, yeah, everything I've heard says that this is is likely to happen. Again, I, I am not able to confirm anything, but I've you know I've talked I talked to the uh, the texter James Blockus, who is a former he worked he worked with the Fire. He's an attorney. Um, he didn't work for the fire directly, but uh, there, his firm was retained by the fire. Uh, and so he's got, obviously has a lot of contacts. In fact, he's the one suing, uh, the fire front office for an incident involving, uh, a sector Latino member who was banned from the, uh, banned from the stadium based on an incident that happened, uh, last May. So, uh, he certainly would be in the know because again, he's suing both, uh, MLS, uh, or not MLS, but the fire and the village of Bridgeview. So we've got significant contact. So I, I absolutely believe uh, that these discussions are taking place, but it's not anything that anybody's able to put on the record. And, you know, tellingly, the fire haven't denied it. Um, and so I think it's, it, it is certainly likely to happen. Uh, you know, Don Garber in an interview with Grant Wall in February talked about maybe them moving back to Soldier Field. So, you know, he wouldn't have said that if there wasn't some, uh, some chance it was going to happen. So they went out. Uh, I think Bridgeview just wants to get some of that debt retired. Uh, the reports are that MLS is going to make a sizable you know, payment to pay off that um, that debt. Uh, so, you know, if, if, if you ask me yes or no, is it going to happen at the end of the year? My answer would be yes. But again, it's not confirmed yet. Now, Mickey, you're the guy who wrote about the lease and kind of showed how tight it was for MLS what what you you threw a number around I just can't remember what the number was but what would you think it what would you t- expect that it would take for Bridgeview and the fire to reach an agreement monetary wise okay so yeah that's a great question uh, again the uh the stadium was built uh, for about 96 million dollars I think that was in like 2016 dollars but you know we'll, we'll say 90 million dollars just you know have a round number mm-hmm. um again 
what they owe on it is significantly more than that because you know when you take out bonds you got yeah you end up owing more than you uh than you initially uh you know budgeted for and so again it's probably set right now at around 200 million dollars now of course the reason it's set that high doesn't have everything to do with mls it has to also do with some mismanagement by the city um as a result of building the stadium so uh, obviously mls isn't you know quote-unquote responsible uh for that entire number so it's not going to be 200 million dollars um my estimate initially was about 90 million dollars they basically pay off what it cost to build it at the time uh i've heard from some other people again this is not confirmed but it would be less than that um because you know the building has depreciated and all that kind of stuff so um if i had to guess uh it would probably come in around 75 to 90 million dollars that they would end up paying i know uh james in his uh tweet uh said that they would pay off two-thirds of the bonded debt but i can't see mls agreeing to pay that much or the fire for that matter uh, because again, it, you know that total cost or what is owed currently isn't all the result of MLS, uh, you know, not putting in a lot of effort with the fire. Some of it has to do with city mismanagement, and I can see MLS saying, "Well, you know, that that's not on us." Now, Mickey. Uh, also, I think it was I want to say it was either in Tenorio's report or someone else's. Uh, uh, they spoke about you know some of the lobbying uh, that the fire have been doing with the with the city of Chicago. Um, you know, is is the move, I mean, obviously you can't confirm anything, but in your eyes, is the move, uh, Soldier Field, going to be more of a temporary one as they potentially set up for a downtown stadium in Chicago or something along those lines? Yeah, so that's an uh, interesting question. I don't have any, obviously, inside information on that, but, um, you know, they were obviously at Soldier Field to start out with, and then they had to leave in the uh, mid-2000s. Uh, uh, due to uh, Soldier Field being renovated and the lease terms not being particularly uh, great. Uh, where would we heard that for? Um, and so <laughs> uh, assuming that they, uh, either way, actually, uh, I think, you know, Soldier Field is, is a means to an end. And that end is, is basically getting out of Bridgeview. Um, but it also presumably will provide them with better lease terms uh, than they're dealing with with Bridgeview. Um, and I think the other thing, you know, with Ridgeview, I think they've just decided that that is a, a lost cause at this point, kind of similar to Chivas USA. Um, you know, they tried, you know, a, a number of things and then they just decided that uh, whatever they were going to do going forward just wasn't going to work. And, and people should remember that or know that the fire are not relevant in the city proper and or, or in you know in the chicago metro area really i was talking to an, an mls guy and he said that they're basically ranked lower you know as far as name recognition and relevance lower than the DePaul basketball team uh which is you know DePaul basketball it's not anything that anybody pays in, any attention to really at all so uh, if you've got that situation and you don't think it's going to get better at bridgeview then um, you know, any port in a storm and, and Soldier Field does present certain benefits, um, mainly being um, in a central, well, relative to Chicago, central downtown location. And so that should should certainly help them gather more fans. But the other thing that they need to worry or deal with is the branding uh, and, and just the name recognition of the team and determine if that's something that needs to change as well, uh, which is, you know, kind of the second half of what uh, what's been discussed. But as far as the soldier field, I think they're, they would be happy to be there as long as they're, uh, you know, able to more, you know, 
more able to control certain revenue streams in the lease terms are a bit more beneficial, even though they're going to be secondary tenants. Um, you know, you could argue right now that they're secondary tenants in the Bridgeview lease. So, uh, you know, between the two options, Soldier Field is pretty clearly a better one, all things being equal. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was Googling Chicago Fire, and I don't even get Chicago Fire, the, the soccer club. I get the, the TV show, and it's just a pain in the butt. Yeah. You have to literally type in soccer or MLS next to the name, and I could imagine it's only worse if you're in the Chicago area. But let's talk about the rebrand. There was a leaked image of the rebrand, rebrand and I don't know, your initial thoughts on it? Uh, well, on the on the image itself, I, I'm pretty sure that's not real. Uh, uh, I think that was just someone having a, a bit of a winding <laughs> people up a little bit. Um, as as far as the principle of the rebrand, now uh, you know, taking into account, I am not a Chicago Fire fan, um, and so you know, my opinion, you know, kind of, you know, take my opinion for what that's worth. But there's basically two ways to look at that. One, you've got the history of the fire that you know certainly the fans are invested in. But and then you've got on the other side of that what you just mentioned that uh, not only are they not you know have they no name recognition in in the in the city in the metro area, but you can't even do a search for them uh, without you know typing in specific terms. And of course, if you're trying to search Chicago soccer uh, or Chicago Fire, uh, you know you there's you're not going to necessarily know about uh, you know you're going to find a TV show basically is what you said. Um, so, you know, my, you know, again, my opinion is if, if they decide that it's something that they need to do because the, the Chicago Fire brand, quote unquote, is just so broken, then it's probably something they can, should consider. But there are going to be consequences to that, um, including, you know, loyal fans who um, really love that, you know, the name, the logo, uh, the colors, and you may lose some of those. So, uh you have to determine if that's something that uh, you're going to have to, if, if you're willing to give up basically uh, to hopefully have a higher ceiling down the line. Um, but the, the search or the search engine thing is a real thing. I've talked to people in MLS and it is an actual major concern. So, and it's not anything that's going to change anytime soon because the Chicago fire TV show, you know, however long it lasts when, you know, TV shows don't last forever, unless you're the Simpsons, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At some point, that show will go off the air, but of course, yeah, there could be reruns, and it's still uh -huh. difficult to get that out from under uh, a search engine, uh, you know, optimization. So, uh, you know, it's kind of in the weeds, but the search engine thing is a real thing, and it was mentioned to me by more than one person as a problem. Oh, oh wow, that's that's very interesting with that, and I think at least I'm happy that that re that that rebrand is not. 100% even remotely close to being official because I thought it was ugly. It looked like a yeah. weirder Chicago yeah, Cubs logo. Trial balloon. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a trial balloon at this point and to see how people would uh, react to it. Obviously, the reaction from the fire, uh, you know, fire faithful has been, you know, pretty negative, probably like, mm -hmm. you know, 70, 30. But I would say among the MLS general fan base, it's been a bit more mixed. I think people think that it would be a good idea. But again, we're not fans of the fire um, right. So that should certainly be taken into account, um, uh, their feelings. Right. Now, Mickey, final question for you. Was this an important issue for MLS to solve? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, interestingly, uh, Taylor Twelman said, and I, I, the reason I, you know, I started kind of following this is just something I remember him saying about 
two or three years ago. It might have been uh, four years ago. But he basically said that the fire were MLS's number one problem. Um, and this was you know, probably like 2015 when they were, I think, yeah, they had back-to-back wooden spoons uh, as the worst team in the league. And Twelman basically said that MLS, you just can't have uh, the number three market be so utterly irrelevant um, in, in your league. It's just not something that you can abide. Um, at that point, uh, they weren't really discussing trying to get out of the bridge release. They were, I think, uh, trying to stabilize the front office. Uh, you know, bringing in Schweinsteiger and, and and just trying to to you know prop up the name recognition. But uh, even with Schweinsteiger, it didn't really uh, uh, beyond an initial push, didn't really move the needle. Recall when they made the playoffs in 2017 and hosted a home game, they only had like 13,000 people there. Um, you know, even taking into account it was a midweek game on relatively short notice, and that was just, I think, you know, that's that's a fair way to or I think it's a fair thing to say that MLS probably saw that and were like, you know, this just isn't going to work at Bridgeview here any longer. And so now they've discussed uh, uh, those discussions apparently with Bridgeview have been taking place for over a year. Um, I know for a fact, the relationship between the two MLS slash fire and the, and Bridgeview was, was just sort of toxic. And I think it's improved uh, over recent times, but it's just, you know, again, this comes back to, you know, where we started with, which is that it's probably just best for the parties to divorce at this point, because it's just it's just not something that I think is salvageable. Uh, people say, well, yeah, you can market more and you know, those kind of things. But sometimes there's not a happy ending and you just need to you know, cut your losses and, and move on with your life. And so I think that's where all of the parties are at this point. Well, Mickey, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking the time and speak to us. Uh, and, and secondly, I want to give you an opportunity to go ahead and plug plug your work, plug your site, plug anything else you'd like. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so you can uh, obviously find me on Twitter at Turner ESQ, uh, where I write about all... or on the Twitter, and that's where I'm the most active. Great. Well, thank you so much, Mickey. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Alrighty, listeners. I do have to amend something there. I made a little boo-boo. So, uh, Mickey actually did plug himself, but there was an issue with Skype, so not all the sound came through. And, yeah, so listeners, you can find his work all over the internet. He has a site, fantastic site, soccer, soccer-esq.com, soccer-esq.com. Follow him on the Twitter, at Turner-esq, again, Turner-esq. He contributes to The Athletic, Sounder at Heart. Armand, very interesting stuff there from Mickey. Uh, it, it's a very interesting time to be a Chicago Fire fan. If you're a fire fan, I guess you'd hope to get me out of Bridgeview, yeah? And you get to play at Soldier Field where you get some sort of relevance because, like, you know, that's where the Bears play, historical, historical stadium. Like, I mean, if this happens for a fire, good for them and good for MLS. Is because... there is there any negative for the fire to rebrand or to get out of Bridgeview? I talked to some people who are more into the marketing world than I am um, at school and – 
a lot of them say that the fire, who are also MLS fans, a lot of them say the fire's name is just not good enough because of because of what Mickey and what you also talked about with the Chicago Fire show. Um, it's tough because we look up Chicago Fire, you see the show, you came from the soccer team. They need their own identity. And you know, there's the fire, the brand, everything. I love it. Look, I love the great American names. New England Revolution, Columbus Crew. You know, if you want to throw it back, Dallas Burns, Seattle Sounders, Portland Timbers, all those names. But those names are unique. You don't see a TV show saying, yeah, or the Timbers of Portland or something. Like, no, like, you don't see that. Like, they're unique. So Chicago Fire in a situation where that that branding is just not good enough. So I think a rebrand is needed, mm-hmm. and it's going gonna, it's gonna to rub Chicago fans the wrong way. It really is. They're going to say, wow, wow, first you kick out our loyal Latino supporters, and now they have a lawsuit against them, which is pretty nuts. Then you change our name. Like, are we, like who are we? You know, but Stephen, I want to talk about how important this might be for the revolution. Because call me crazy, but the revolution are going to go through something like this very soon. I think. I, I don't. I don't know anything. Mm, I think. Mm. I think in terms of within five years, five years is a pretty big window. Five years, they will be rebranded as well to mark a move into a new stadium. Rebranded? You really think they'll take a new name? Yeah. From I, what? I, I, from 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 the? Uh, I'm not sure if you remember. There's a a post on the, the MLS subreddit about this uh, focus group for the New England Revolution and how they're asking, you know, like what would they do? Uh, you know, if the Revolution uh, took a year off and then rebranded, or were bought out by new ownership and rebranded. Like questions like that. I think I think it, it's another one. And it sucks because like I, the name Revolution is very. I like it. I guess I like very it, but American, but it's extremely American. But I think something's gonna happen, and I I don't know what exactly. Uh, obviously, it's just me spitballing, uh, but I think something's gonna ha- I think something's gonna happen. I think that's issue number two on Don Garber's list right now. Well, we'll see with the fire listeners. Give us your feedback, your comments at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. You can follow. Mr. FC Dallas Beat Reporter at Armanga5. Follow myself at Steven Jodder and obviously Jake Watroba, who's not on today's show at Jake Watroba. Chicago Fire rebrand. Uh, Armand, last 20 seconds. Chicago Fire City Football Club. I mean, Chicago City Football Club. We like no, it. I don't like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Make it Windy City Soccer or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. Chicago, Chicago City. Come on, man. No, no. Let's make it unique. Make it unique. Chicago United. <laughs> no, Windy City Soccer Club, man. Like Windy City That sounds pretty good. Club. Windy City like, Soccer Club. Huh. I'll have to think about that one. Yeah, we'll you see should. How it's it pretty goes. good. Pretty good. What about Trump Tower City Football Club? Oh, my God. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Here we anyway, go. until next time. With Metro and the best deal in wireless, whatever your goal, however you hustle, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees always included, so you know exactly how much you pay every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. 
Plus, at Metro, get the latest 5G phones, like a Samsung Galaxy for less than 100 bucks when you switch. That's the best deal in wireless, so you can take control of your day wherever it takes you. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. Samsung A51 requires port from eligible carrier and ID validation limited to two per account. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.